Chapter Eighteen of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume Four, by Eugène Sue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Portrait. Thomas Satan, the brother of the Countess Sarah MacGregor, was walking impatiently on the boulevards near the observatory when he saw the Chouette arrive. The horrible belle dame had on a white cap and her usual plaid shawl. The point of a stiletto as round as a thick swan's quill and very sharp having perforated a hole at the bottom of her large straw basket which she carried on her arm the extremity of this murderous weapon which had belonged to the schoolmaster might be seen projecting thomas satan did not perceive that the chouette was armed it has just struck three by the luxembourg said the old woman here i am like the hand of the clock come replied thomas satan and preceding her he crossed some open fields and turning down a deserted alley near the rue cassini he stopped halfway down the lane which was barred by a turnstile opened a small door motioned to the chouette to follow him and after having advanced with her a few steps down a path overgrown by thick trees he said wait here and disappeared that is if you don't keep me on the waiting lay too long responded the chouette for i must be at bras rouge's at five o'clock to meet the martial and help silence the diamond matcher it's very well i have my gully poniard oh the vagabond he has got his nose out of window added the hag as she saw the point of the stiletto coming through the seam in the basket and taking the weapon which had a wooden handle from the basket she replaced it so that it was completely concealed this is fauline's tool she continued and he has asked me for it so many times to kill the rats who came skipping about him in his cellar poor things they have no one but the old blind man to divert them and keep them company they ought not to be hurt if they play about a bit and so i will not let him hurt the dears and i keep his tool to myself besides i shall soon want it for this woman perhaps thirty thousand francs worth of diamonds what a haul for each of us it'll be a good day's work and not like that of the other day with that old notary whom i thought to squeeze it was no use to threaten him if he would not stand some blunt that i would lay information that it was his housekeeper who had sent la goualeuse to me by tournemine when she was a little brat nothing frightened the old brute he called me an old hag and shoved me out of doors well well i'll send an anonymous letter to these people at the farm where pigriotte was to inform them that it was the notary who formerly abandoned her to me perhaps they know her family and when she gets out of st lazare why the matter will get too hot for that old brute jacques ferrand someone comes ah it is the pale lady who was dressed in men's clothes at the tapis franc of the ogress and with the tall fellow who just left me the same that the fourline and i robbed by the excavations near notre dame added the chouette as she saw sarah appear at the extremity of the walk here's another job for me i see and this little lady must have something to do with our having carried off la goualeuse from the farm if she pays well for another job of work why that will be the ticket as sarah approached the chouette whom she saw again for the first time since their rencontre at the tapis franc her countenance expressed the disdain the disgust which persons of a certain rank feel when they come in contact with low wretches whom they take as tools or accomplices 
thomas satan who until now had actively served the criminal machinations of his sister although he considered them as all but futile had refused any longer to continue this contemptible part consenting nevertheless for the first and last time to put his sister in communication with the chouette without himself interfering in the fresh projects they might plan the countess unable to win back rodolph to her by breaking the bonds or the affections which she believed so dear to him hoped as we have seen to render him the dupe of a base deceit the success of which might realize the vision of this obstinate ambitious and cruel woman her design was to persuade rodolph that their daughter was not dead and to substitute an orphan for the child we know that jacques Ferrand, having formally refused to participate in this plot in spite of sarah's menaces had resolved to make away with fleur de marie as much from the fear of the chouette's disclosure as from fear of the obstinate persistence of the countess but the latter had by no means abandoned her design feeling persuaded that she should corrupt or intimidate the notary when she should be assured of having obtained a young girl capable of filling the character which she desired her to assume after a moment's silence sarah said to the chouette you are adroit discreet and resolute adroit as a monkey resolute as a bulldog and mute as a fish such is the chouette and such the devil made her at your service if you want her and you do replied the old wretch quickly i hope we have managed well with the young country wench who is now in st lazare for two good months we are not talking of her but of something else anything you please my handsome lady provided there's money at the end of what you mean to propose and then we shall be as right as my fingers sarah could not control a movement of disgust you must know she resumed many people in the lower ranks of life persons who are in misfortune there are more of them than there are of millionaires you may pick and choose we have plentiful wretchedness in paris i want to meet with a poor orphan girl and particularly if she lost her parents young she must be good-looking of gentle disposition and not more than seventeen years of age the chouette gazed at sarah with amazement such an orphan girl must be by no means difficult to meet with continued the countess there are so many foundling children why my good lady you forget la goualeuse she is the very thing who is la goualeuse the young thing we carried off from bouqueval we are not talking of her now i tell you but hear me and be sure you pay me well for my advice you want an orphan girl as quiet as a lamb as handsome as daylight and who is only seventeen you say certainly well then take la goualeuse when she leaves st lazare she is the very thing for you as if we had made her on purpose for she was about six years of age when that scamp jacques ferrand and it's now ten years ago gave her to me with a thousand francs in order to get rid of her that is to say it was tournemine who is now at the galleys at rochefort who brought her to me saying there was no doubt she was some child they wanted to get rid of or pass off for dead jacques ferrand do you say exclaimed sarah in a voice so choked that the chouette receded several paces the notary jacques ferrand gave you this child and she could not finish her emotion was too violent and with her two clasped hands extended towards the chouette she trembled convulsively surprise and joy agitating her features 
i don't know what it is that makes you so much in earnest my good lady replied the old hag but it is a very simple story ten years ago tournemine an old pal of mine said to me have you a mind to take charge of a little girl that they want to get out of the way no matter where she slips her wind or not there's a thousand francs for the job and do what you like with the kinchin ten years ago cried sarah ten years a little fair girl a little fair girl with blue eyes blue eyes as blue as bluebells and it was she who was at the farm and we packed her up and carted her off to saint lazare i must say though that i didn't expect to find her pigriotte in the country as i did though oh mon dieu mon dieu exclaimed sarah falling on her knees and elevating her hands and eyes to heaven thy ways are inscrutable and i bowed down before thy providence oh if such happiness to be possible but no i cannot yet believe it it would be too fortunate no then rising suddenly she said to the chouette who was gazing at her with the utmost astonishment follow me and sarah walked before her with hasty steps at the end of the alley she ascended several steps that led by a glass door to a small room sumptuously furnished at the moment when the chouette was about to enter sarah made a sign to her to remain outside and then rang the bell violently a servant appeared i am not at home to anybody and let no one enter here no one do you hear the servant bowed and retired sarah for the sake of greater security pushed the bolt the chouette heard the order given to the servant and saw sarah fasten the bolt the countess then turning towards her said come in quickly and shut the door the chouette did as she was bidden hastily opening a secretaire sarah took from it an ebony coffer which she placed on a writing-table in the centre of the room and beckoned the chouette towards her the coffer was filled with small caskets lying one upon the other and containing splendid jewellery sarah was in so much haste to arrive at the bottom of the coffer that she hastily scattered over the table these jewel cases splendidly filled with necklaces bracelets tiaras of rubies emeralds and diamonds which sparkled with a thousand fires the chouette was dazzled she was armed was alone with the countess escape was easy certain an infernal idea shot through the brain of this monster but to put this new crime into execution it was necessary to extricate her stiletto from her basket and approach sarah without exciting her suspicions with the craft of the tiger cat who grovels along treacherously towards its prey the beldame profited by the countess's preoccupation to move imperceptibly around the table which separated her from her victim the chouette had already begun her perfidious movement when she was compelled suddenly to stop short sarah took a locket from the bottom of the box leaned over the table and handing it to the chouette with a trembling hand said look at this portrait it is pigriotte exclaimed the chouette struck with a strong resemblance it is the little girl who was handed to me i think i see her just as she was when tournemine brought her to me that's just like her long curling hair which i cut off and sold directly ma foi you recognize her it is really she oh i conjure you do not deceive me 
do not deceive me i tell you my good lady it is pegriotte as if i saw herself there said the chouette trying to draw nearer to sarah without being remarked and even now she is very like this portrait if you saw her you would be struck by the likeness sarah had not uttered one cry of pain or alarm when she learned that her daughter had been for ten years leading a wretched existence forsaken as she was not one feeling of remorse was there when she reflected that she herself had snatched her away disastrously from the peaceful retreat in which rodolph had placed her this unnatural mother did not eagerly question the chouette with terrible anxiety as to the past life of the child no in her heart ambition had long since stifled every sentiment of maternal tenderness it was not joy at again being restored to a lost daughter that transported her it was the hope of seeing at length realized the vain dream of her whole existence rodolph had felt deeply interested in this unfortunate girl had protected her without knowing her what would then be his feelings when he discovered that she was his daughter he was free the countess was a widow sarah already saw the sovereign crown sparkling on her brow the chouette still stealing on with slow steps had at length reached one end of the table and had her stiletto perpendicularly in her basket its handle on a level with the opening and within her clutch she was but a step or two from the countess do you know how to write inquired sarah of her and pushing from her the casket and gems she opened a blotting-book which was by an inkstand no madame i do not replied the chouette at all risks i will write then at your dictation tell me all the circumstances of the abandonment of this little girl and sarah sitting in an armchair before the writing-table took up a pen and made a sign to the chouette to come close to her the old wretch's one eye sparkled at last she was standing up close to the seat on which sarah was sitting and stooping over a table was preparing to write i will read aloud and then said the countess you can correct any mistakes yes madame replied the chouette narrowly watching every motion of sarah and she furtively introduced her hand into her basket that she might be able to grasp the poniard without being observed the countess commenced writing i declare that then interrupting herself and turning towards the chouette who was at that moment touching the handle of her poniard sarah added at what period was the child brought to you in the month of february eighteen twenty seven and by whom continued sarah turning towards the chouette by pierre tournemine now at the galleys at rochefort it was madame seraphin the notary's housekeeper who brought the young girl to him the countess continued writing and then read aloud i declare that in the month of february eighteen twenty seven a person named the chouette had drawn the poniard already had she raised her arm to strike her victim between the shoulders sarah turned again the chouette that she might not be off her guard leaned her right hand armed as it was on the back of sarah's armchair and then stooped towards her as if in attitude to reply to her question tell me again the name of the man who handed the child to you said the countess pierre tournemine repeated sarah as she wrote it down at this time at the galleys of rochefort brought me a child which had been confided to him by the housekeeper of the countess could not finish 
the chouette having got rid of her basket by allowing it to slide from her arm on to the floor threw herself on the countess with equal fury and rapidity and having grasped the back of her neck with her left hand forced her face down on the table and then with her right hand drove the stiletto in between her two shoulders this atrocious assassination was so promptly effected that the countess did not utter a cry a moan still sitting she remained with her head and the front of her body on the table her pen fell from her fingers just the very blow which fauline gave the little old man in the rue du roule said the monster one more who will never wag tongue again her account is settled and the chouette gathering up the jewels together huddled them into her basket not perceiving that her victim still breathed the murder and robbery effected the horrid old devil opened the glass door ran swiftly along the tree-covered path went out by the small side door and reached the lone tract of ground near the observatory she took a hackney coach which drove her to bras rouges in the champs elysees the widow martial nicolas calabash and barbillon had as we know an appointment with the chouette in this den of infamy in order to rob and murder the diamond matcher End of chapter eighteen read by celine major